Welcome back to the Why God Podcast. I'm Josiah and I'm Isaac. And Happy New Year. We haven't recorded in a little bit because we were taking winter break, hanging out with our friends. Good Sabbath. Finishing up school. But now that everything's back to normal, we're ready to get into it. We're ready to answer more questions and to talk more about God. Amen. I just love to do that. And we're also slowly increasing our equipment and quality. Dude, Josiah, I'll paint the picture for you guys. Josiah is sitting in front of himself right now. Computer and an actual microphone. And we are seated, seated across of a room, <laughs> not close to each other, but we're comfortable. We're sitting on couches. We're like 20 feet close from each other. Um, it's because, because of technology. And we're naked. <laughs> oh, no. We're wearing clothes. I promise. <laughs> oh, just kidding. Sorry. Happy date. <laughs> Whoa. Josiah's going PG, PG-18 on this one. I am laying on a couch, though. That was a joke. Old pillow under my head. You know, we're having a great time. <laughs> Ready to talk about our Lord and Savior. Amen. Josiah's hoping it's like a picture of the garden right now. <laughs> but me, on the other hand, modest is hottest. So, you know, deck out head to toe and the sweat bit. Anyways, that's besides the point. What's up? New year. Brand new. Mm. First time podcasting. 2024. What do we got going on? Well, today, to hop into the New Year's episode, we're going to go over... Our resolution, goals, um, our thoughts about what the Bible says about planning or preparation, and and we'll just we'll just have fun with it. I'm not too mm. sure, but I know we're both a little bit tired, and when we're both a little bit tired, it flows a little bit differently. Oh, sometimes and sometimes that's good because when you have those, I'm there for the 3 a.m. conversations. <laughs> And the 3 a.m. vibes, where we're just talking about God, talking about our feelings. We're just letting it all go, like a campfire. Getting deep. One day. Oh, we should do a camp podcast. That would be sick. We should. We should film it just to make everybody jealous, too, that we're chilling by a campfire talking about God. Well, listen, viewer, listener, you can do the same thing. Get a couple of your homies, sit around a fire. Worship the Lord, talk about the goodness. That kind of sounds like a church to me. Mm. But, mm, yeah, I'd say I'm not too tired, but I'm always hyped to talk about this stuff. A little podcast. Right. Yeah, not take it too seriously. So to start us off, we're going to talk about resolutions. Mm. Did, did you want to start off with one of your resolutions? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> resolutions. Are they biblical? <laughs> I'd say to have goals. Mm, actually, let me think about this. Wait, I was more, I'm sorry. I was I asking know. more for your resolution. Oh, I know. First. And then all of a sudden, I just started randomly <laughs> thinking about this. I'm, I'm, dude, I'm diving down the rabbit hole. No, I'll, sh I'll start off with the resolution. But also, I got to say one last thing. Are they biblical? <laughs> no, no. Because... What do you think about it? Uh, okay, so my main verse I really want to go off of is from Ecclesiastes, but 
if you know anything about Ecclesiastes, it just talks about how everything's meaningless. So when I think about my goals and resolutions for this year, I was like, well, it's like this, like, I fell in this place as I was planning my goals. There's obviously things that I want to do and accomplish and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's weird when I'm like, okay, if I got God, I don't need a darn thing in this world. I'm already sitting on gold. Mm. But then at the same time, you're like, but look at all these opportunities and doors he has opened for me. And it would be like borderline a sin to not do or to not like like use the gifts and talents that he's given me. So definitely fall into that place. With that being said, I've got a lot of goals for myself this year. It's my first year out of college and working a job and stuff like that. So I have a lot more, maybe not a lot more free time, but a little bit more flexibility with what I can do and schedule and life and um, things like that. So I categorized my things into three things. All right, three things. We, we can go back and forth three on it. You say things. one, I'll say one. You say one, I'll say one. Yeah, because basically number one, starting with the physicality, is to become mm. a physical unit. Mm. Sign up for some jujitsu. I'm eating more every day. Yes. Three times a day. I will be fasting, but even that I'm going to calculate so that I'm still getting hungry and relying on the Lord. But you keep those nutritions up. <laughs> mm. That's my physical. Number one goal for the year, physicalness. All right. So if we're on the topic of physicality, one of my resolutions, or two of them, is to bench press 225 Ooh, pounds and the squat 290 pounds. Oh, big hammer. But the funny thing about this resolution is that my goal is to do those things again <laughs> because I've already done them before in 2022, but 2023, when college hit and I didn't have any more time, I couldn't go to the gym like almost at all. So my goal is to get back to those goals mm. and then get back into the gym and also to eat more. Mm. Yeah. Such a, such a tough goal. That's sometimes. why I'm not fasting food. Oh, which is also something I would like to talk about. Ooh. In this episode, if we can get to it. Or maybe That's next episode. Hmm, what is my second one? I actually already forgot. Oh, work-wise, I have a lot of work goals. If you don't know, I work here at this church, at a church. And, you know, I, want, I would like to be a better leader. And mm. I guess it's kind of, it goes into my third one, which is kind of like spiritual and God goals. But along with that is to be a better leader and help other people develop into leaders. Also got a side gig of um, fashion. <laughs> yes. I don't know what I would call it. I have a company or I am trying to start a company. And so another one of my goals would really to be to put a lot of effort into that this year. You know, focus hard, maybe promote, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I do have a plan. I just don't want to sound lazy and be like, I'm not doing anything. But really, some days I'm just like, dude, I got God. I got everything I need. And why should I care about money and all this stuff? But then some days I'm like, oh, yeah, I just want to make this big. So I think if I just keep it in the right heart, but at the same time, spreading the gospel through some cool little t-shirts. What's the name of your company, Isaac? So if you do so badly want to know, I'm a company. It's called Froth Foolery. 
Shameless plug. Um, it's cool. <laughs> I I wasn't intending to make it a Christian clothing thing, but for some reason I just couldn't help myself. Mm. So it's really based off First First Corinthians one, where it just talks about how the, the gospel is foolishness to people who are unbelieving, and so I kind of took it little play on words, froth foolery, of how it's just like, and if it, you don't know, froth is like surfy, surfy, oceany vibe. So I, I love that and all that stuff. Just kind of combined like two of my favorite things. And so, you know, it's really a, it's really a, all about like, I guess just celebrating your life, celebrating the gospel. And it's okay to look like a fool to people who don't believe in Jesus if it means that you're loving Jesus in all the fun ways, in all the good ways. I mean, I guess in the hard ways too, but Froth Foolery, check them out. Mm. Frothfoolery.shop. Yeah. Not dot .com, dot yeah. .shop. Dot .shop, because you're going there to buy stuff. No, I'm just <laughs> Sorry. Dot .shop. All right. My work <laughs> one, and I guess I have to pick out of a lot. But I think the main one I want to talk about is I want to get back to 10,000 followers on my Instagram. Whoa. Because I use, I, okay, so I ran a meme, a meme page, a Christian meme page called Danker Church. But then it got deleted because a bunch of, like a mixture of, I would say, The Matrix. <laughs> or uh, a mixture of... The enemy just hating on Christian accounts, probably, and a mixture of copyright AI things that, that part. led to a permanent ban without oh. warning. That's the thing. Without warning, permanent ban. And I had 52,000 followers <laughs> decimated to zero. <laughs> but now I have a new meme page account. Come on. And at first, it was called Danker Church 2.0. <laughs> Because wow. I, I just wanted to keep the name. They never would have seen it coming. But I just rebranded or renamed it recently to <laughs> Moist Christian Memes. That's gross. <laughs> I just thought it was super funny. It's kind of a pop culture word. Mm, definitely a pop culture word. Oh, actually, I like... I like the word moist because um, oh, he just enjoys the I'm word. pretty sure <laughs> sure it's biblical. It's one of the most hated words <laughs> mm, in the English dictionary. Very true. Many people dislike it, but I think it's super funny. Kind of in the pop culture realm today. And indeed. I don't know. I just want my memes moist with the Holy Spirit. Oh. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Sorry. Josiah is... Maybe that's, is that blasphemous? No, no. Water of life, dude. Jesus is Yes, water that is the intent. So, <laughs> if, you're close to the, if you're close to the well, dude, you're moist. You're getting moist. If your cup overflows, I guess. <laughs> so, follow... At Moist Christian Memes. This is just a commercial. This whole podcast is just a commercial and vent sesh is what it is. Right. If we're venting a little bit, real quick, real quick. 
there is these two accounts on Instagram ran by the same person because it's obvious by the the bio is the same and it leads to the same link. There, it's called Biblical Power and Saved Christ. And what I hate about their account, I absolutely oh, hate, hate. Is a strong. I hate about their account. Hate is that um, they they're doing. I would say like a, a campaign to gain followers, but they're really just using God to gain clout, and they do that by oh, um, like they're comparing their follower accounts to like oh the 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 Satan account or to the oh, I Church of Satan account, about. and like oh we have to win this war against Satan by gaining more followers, so follow my account, and they do this over and over again, and half of their posts is this camp like that strategy of just comparing yourself to something that Christians hate and then saying, Oh, you should follow me if you love Jesus. Mm. And I think it's very um, manipulative and I don't think God would want you to do that. And I think in <laughs> fact it's partnering with Satan to get you accounts. <laughs> like in it's like in seventh grade when you get those text messages and it's like you just received this text message. Send it to five people if you believe in. Forward this message to five people if you believe in God. Or you're gonna you die. You're going to hell. I'm like, dude, what? But you know me out of being terrified. But it works. That's what I hate. They gain so many followers. Mm. So let me ask you this question: Are you following them? Yes. <laughs> to monitor them. <laughs> to monitor excuses dude you just don't want satan to win it's only to monitor them <laughs> so i can start a war against them instead of the enemy whoa whoa those are your brother in meme page dude hey wolves in sheep clothing <laughs> but anyway back to your goal oh new year's resolution your spiritual one? Oh yeah well this is this one is obviously the most important and I don't even say that like sarcastically. I just actually mean it. Um, trying to read the Bible. <laughs> I'm trying to read the Bible all the way through. I have this book that's like read the Bible in 90 days. So I've been doing that. I'm on day four. I've already had such a hard time. It's only like 12 pages a day, but man, do I struggle at reading. It takes me like 45 minutes to get like halfway through. But I actually am learning a ton and it's been super cool recently because there's stuff like you, you just like, you know, stuff. Obviously, having read the Bible before, like I'm rereading things that I've read in the past, like obviously creation story. I'm only still in Genesis, but it's cool to just be reading it through and reading it quickly because I always am that type of person to just stop on like a chapter and just like dive deep into it, which is also amazing. But to be able to like grasp everything as a whole kind of like it's really nice it's really fun so i'm really looking forward to it um with that too i just threw it down there for fun as one of my resolutions to see a miracle mm. and like i've seen miracles but you know what's the harm in seeing some more yeah. <laughs> and like uh when i put it i'm like oh yeah dude there's all these little things and like epiphanies and moments where you're just like oh god really connected the dots here and he's so good and so awesome and I love him. And I guess what I'm totally looking for is something super selfish where I'm like, dude, I want to see like a dead person come back to life or I want to see like 
be lightning sick. strikers. Like, obviously, it's ridiculous and it's super not biblical. And I'm not trying to test God or anything, but I just think it would be cool to see a see a miracle. And I think the closer you get to God, the more He opens your eyes to the millions of miracles that are already happening around us. So that's what I really want to get at. It's just you know, by getting closer to God, by reading my Word more, being a lot more disciplined and everything else. And so, like a lot of that stuff, and then just being a good leader, which goes back to the work one. It's just like, man, if I can lead myself well, then I can lead other people well. I can disciple myself well, or lean on God more. So it all comes back to, as I'll say it this week and every single week, are we in our word every day? And are we in communion with the Lord every day? So that's one of my goals. That's all of my goals, actually, summed up into the three. How about ye? Oh, my goal, my spiritual goal, is to play a worship song on the... on the. I'm going to restart. <laughs> play a worship song on the piano by heart. Um, my first year of college, I took two semesters of piano. And... Like, my family is pretty, like, musical. My uh, aunties, uncles, father on worship team, you know, sings for church. But me and my brothers, it, it just skips a generation. And we're, we're not good singers. We don't sing well, and we don't have range. But I do, I'm, I don't know, <laughs> piano is just easier. And it's a way to express. Like worship God, and I don't know. It just seems so cool when you're in that flow state, or to imagine yourself in that flow state of just, you know, mm. playing a sick song to the Lord, and you're just in the zone, and that's what I want to do. Will I accomplish it? Probably if it's a simple song. <laughs> just one chord song. Yeah. Play that. Like if you can play the piano, Dude, I heard that somewhere. You can play every other instrument, not in like the sense of like just one chord song. Play it. But play that. No, I heard somewhere that. Piano is. Like if you can mm. play the piano, like you can you can play every other instrument. Not in like the sense yeah. of like you just know so how to like easier, play so it, you, but because of the way the piano is, it's like. You can understand yeah. chords and notes and things so much easier. So when you when you obviously pick up and start to learn it, you're able to like you're able to understand chord progressions and things like that. I feel like, or I've heard that it's like the easiest. And I've dabbled around in the piano. It's fun. I did. I was in a piano class. I actually, if I could become a professional. If I could just fluently play any instrument, it would be the piano. You're, you're, so right. you're right. But the drums, drums are so fun. Or That's like the timpani. only non-piano instrument, or it's the only non-like chord. And the noted. triangle. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, percussion is just like. Which is why. Dingling. I love the triangle. You should learn how to play. You should play worship song on the triangle. Christ is my king. <laughs> the water drop. <laughs> All right. 
being shown Ask that question you were asking earlier. Probably the mouth triangle, so, where you just flick your cheek. Is planning your life? Okay, sorry. <laughs> is having goals and achievements you want for your life? Are these biblical so, things? Is planning your life? Is having goals and achievements well, for your life? Let's start out shallow before we get into the deep. When things? I... Like think of that Are question. It's inspired because. What do you um, think? We make things like vision boards, or like goal boards, and there's a lot of people on the internet, like associating vision boards, with manifesting. Which, if you don't know what manifesting is, it's like a new age way of praying without talking to God. You're more so believing in the universe wholeheartedly or believing in yourself wholeheartedly, heartedly. Mm. And if you do that enough through the law of attraction where, like, you focus on something really hard, you will, like, direct your steps to get that goal and you will, and you will accomplish those things. And that's where it gets iffy for me because if we're... If that is the intent and if that is the power that is driving yeah. our visions and goals, then I don't think that's biblical. Mm. Thoughts? I do. Well, it's interesting because that definitely, when I hear those, the like new age and people are like, yeah, man, I manifested this mm. job. I manifested my money. I do. Well, it's, like, oh. it's interesting because. I that just, definitely. I, when I yes. hear those, uh, the like I, new age people, and they're like, it's like a, "Yeah, I, man, I manifested this like job, or I manifested my money." It's like, oh, yeah. Like, I, I guess, and I, or, cause it's like a, in a way, it's like a faith thing, right? Cause you're like, I'm believing, and like if you look in the Bible, there, I'm pretty sure it's Jesus, and he's like. Where your heart is, there your treasures will lie also. Or where your treasure is, there your heart will be too. So it's said one way like that. And he's talking, he's talking too about like, what are you, what are you striving for? What are you kind of looking for? Like, is it all these treasures here on earth or is it heaven? And so in a way, this manifestation or like, but also at the same time, the way that the way that new agey sees it as them just like repeating thoughts and writing it down and just like proclaiming it into the universe is kind of iffy kind of weird not gonna lie but also at the same time we do see it in the bible where it's like if you believe that jesus has saved you if you believe it then you'll be saved and it's so like it's like okay but where does the difference lie? And the difference is, for us as Christians, we know that everything is through God and everything is for God. And so, like, if we want to live our best Christian life, as some people would say, like, our treasures, our, our, our goals should align with his should align with his heart and the you, things that god desires and so i where, wouldn't say what are you manifesting to i wouldn't exactly. say the manifestation so like, part is actually the negative like, part really i would say it's what are you or if you really manifesting really what are you where's your, where's your where does your faith lie so basically exactly too so like what are you relying on like if you really want to get rich or if you really 
If you really want something to happen in your life, are you going to sell your soul for that to happen? Or are you going to pray every day on your hands and knees for that to happen? Like, stuff like that. So it's like, what? What are you relying on? What are you putting your faith in? What are you putting your trust in? Are you putting your trust in just yourself to get the job done? Because obviously we know that, like, if we go by our human efforts, it's going to count for nothing. Because Jesus, at the end of the day, he is the only way. And I get a amen. And so, yeah, when I think about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's like, it's like Jesus. He's just asking, like, where, where do you put your trust? Where do you put your thing? I heard another thing in college where it was like, one of my professors said, obsessions become possessions. And so it does, it just goes back to like, what is your heart so set on? Like, if you, if you, like, live by the flesh, you desire what the flesh desires. And so obviously you're kind of manifesting the like, rewards of the flesh in a way but if you live by the spirit you desire what the spirit desires and so in a way you're manifesting what the spirit desires so like it's like i guess manifesting if you think about it in that light of like faith and hope and just like like looking for things in the future and trusting god then it's not a bad thing but it's where what are you putting it in where are you putting it I guess, like, because too, when you set your goals, it's not a bad goal to say, oh, I want to pray every day. But if you're like, I want to pray every day so people look at me and think I'm the most righteous person, then even that can become a sinful, prideful thing that can tear you away from God because then you're just thinking like, oh, I'm the best. I'm the best. It's all me. And so it's like, another layer that I can add to that is your trust Heart, you know, through the worldview of manifesting, what are you doing to feed your soul? You're saying, kind of thing. What do you think about? I'm that? setting these goals and I'm seeking it out, and when I accomplish it, it's because of the things that I do, which, I which is taking away from, like God's power and authority, because what you're really saying is like, oh, I manifested mm, this, I manifested, manifested this. this, I created this, it's like. With what? With the power of your mind? You're just stealing the things that God has already placed here in front of you. And I don't, I, I don't think making resolutions or, or a board <laughs> is a bad thing. It's just another way of us saying, God, this is a desire of my heart. Please fulfill it. And like, when I do want to get into the other part of it. Or like, oh, what if God doesn't fulfill it? And the planning and the, I don't know, the pressure we put on ourselves. Mm. But to say that you yourself manifested it without an, an acknowledging God, it's kind of a slap in the face to God. Yeah. That's why I got this verse, Proverbs 16, 9. It says, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes. No way. I ha oh, you took it right out of my mouth. <laughs> That's why I got this verse, Proverbs 16, 9. It says, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. And it's a figure. <laughs> Dude, because isn't that so true? Like, even Jesus, you see, like, the people, the, the crowd would come to Jesus. But then at the end of the day, when Jesus is preaching a lot of times, he's like, he's like, my father gave you to me. And so it's like, what? When did God come down and just hand these people over? It's like, no, like, he, he 
Maybe he planted the idea in their mind. He led their steps. He made sure that they stayed alive the journey over to Jesus. Whatever it is, all the credit still goes back to Jesus, which is still crazy. It's like in our hearts, we're like, eh, I want this, I want to do this, I want to do this, blah, blah. But it's ultimately up to God. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's just some good thought in everything. In everything we do, which is crazy because, too, going back to reading the Bible in 90 days, I was reading the story of Joseph today, and his brothers sell him into slavery, then he ends up in Egypt, and then, like, famine hits and everything, and he had, like, had all these dreams, and so Egypt was thriving and all this stuff, and then his brothers come, and they realize he wasn't dead and all this stuff, and basically... Joseph says to them, he's yeah. like, you guys wanted to sell me in slavery and blah, blah, all this stuff. But it was the Lord's plan all along that I would be here in this position to provide provide for you guys. So it's like interesting because like you think Joseph is struggling and suffering this whole time, which he was from his perspective. But if you look at the big story and even he realizes it while he's still alive and on earth and everything and he's like oh god was orchestrating the whole thing the whole time he's like god delivered me to egypt like you guys sold me into slavery and yada yada but god did this and so it's like it's just a cool thing because so many times like even in our own lives it's like oh man like i just got laid off or oh i just was that the verse whatever it might be and you think it's such a terrible thing you had but then plans something for different evil and better comes along, or maybe you learn a lesson. But God it's just like, oh, has plans for good. God was doing something. Yeah, now where it comes from? It comes from that story, but because of my translation that I was reading, it doesn't have that verse. But I know what. Yeah. Verse, I'm pretty sure it's that same one. It was just yeah, I'm pretty sure it comes. It comes from you, that story. Yeah. But because of my translation that I was reading, it doesn't have. Are you trying to read that the Bible? Verse, but like I know Genesis what. Verse, I'm pretty sure like it's that same one. It was just worded differently in my Bible. Oh, but yeah, I was like, it's, you had plans to harm me, but God had plans. Yeah. For good. Oh, sick. But it was like, yeah. So every Yeah, just it's just straight through. It's it's a pretty cool book. It's called the Bible in ninety days. I got it from our connect group, from our theologist group, but it was like. Yeah, and so every 12, it's like, it's the Bible, so the but it just has like planning. page breaks and it's like, read to here, read to here, one day, two days. But yeah, pretty sick. Yeah, planning is not bad. And I think, uh, well, yeah. well, I think we have so to define two different is terms. Not bad, is what you're saying. Is like, what is planning and what is preparation? Because, okay, when I think of planning and preparation, I I think of two different ideas that I've heard growing up. Ooh. And the first one is that you shouldn't make a plan because when you plan, God laughs. If you ever want to if you if you ever want to make God laugh, tell him I have a plan. Have you heard that before? I have. I think your mom said it before. My mom said Yeah, I think your mom told us this before. I haven't, but this is yeah. so interesting. My mom said this before. Dude, that, that is a funny outlook. I don't know if I've ever heard that. Or I guess it never and resonated. on the other side. I'm not much of a planner already. The Bible says that you should count the cost. I'm going to read the verse from But that's interesting. That is Luke funny. 14, Luke 14, 28. <laughs> 
This is under the cost of discipleship. It says, For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? 29. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him. Saying this, um, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. Um, so that verse, maybe, maybe it is out of context because it's talking about discipleship, but it sounds like we should prepare. That we shouldn't just go into things um, like blind faith, but we should use the tools that God gave us to prepare for the things that we desire. Like if you desire to have a family one day, maybe you should be preparing um, a budget or a job in order to support them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's good. And I don't think I don't think it's too far fetched. Up. I don't think it's really out of context because obviously Jesus is he's talking about like both mm. following me and becoming a Christian. Yeah. And yeah, that's that good. And I don't think I don't think it's too far fetched out. I don't think it's really out of context. Because obviously that. Jesus is oh, he's talking about like oh following me and becoming a Christian and just know that it's a cost. But he's relating it to the understand to the understanding that everybody else has that oh I do gotta count the cost of whatever I do. Like because obviously you're not gonna build a house if you don't have enough money to build the house. We're not going to start building a house. And so it's like, Jesus is saying, yeah, don't follow me if you're not ready and willing to make the sacrifices that it takes and yada yada. Two, which is super important, which is obviously the best thing we can prepare slash plan slash do in our life. But two, the same goes for every aspect in our life, which I think goes across the board. Like what you said, like if you want a wife, like you're that, obviously like, not going well, to be planning your you're life like, around you're not gonna, how many girls can I sleep with, like it, like, what or what whatever, you know, stuff like that. You're or you're like, oh, I want to get closer to like, God. You're not going to be like, to you're not going to not plan that, that into your day when you're thinking about what am I going to do tomorrow? Or what am I going to do this next week? Like you're going to work in time to like read your Bible or Sabbath or take time to do whatever it is. And that is an interesting take between planning and preparing because they can be used in the same way, but there are different, there are different understandings where it's like, God, I'm going to do this. And I, this is going to happen. And it's like, there's that verse where it's like, say God willingly. If you're like, I'm going to go into this town. I'm going to do this thing tomorrow. It's like, say, if the Lord wills it, because ultimately, yeah, like, Whatever your plans are, like, are whatever. Like you can be so like bent on something happening, and the next day God can be like, "I'm gonna take both your legs away," or whatever it could be. Whatever it could be, just know that like God has His plan too, and His His will always prevails, which is which is cool because if you plan with Him. But when it comes to just like our mundane life, it's totally. I I would just say. From the book of Isaac. It's totally not wrong to be like, hey, I desire to do this. I mean, of course, you want to make sure things align with God. But if you're like, hey, I desire to 
whatever scale my company that I have, not just money wise, but because I like to do it and I feel like I'm doing a good thing and everybody's got to work to make their wages. And this is some way that I'm working. Like it's not a bad thing to plan that out. And then you trust in the Lord that he either gives you the desires of your heart or he leads you towards something that he has planned for you. But that is like the thing. It's like, you're kind of preparing, you're kind of laying down a plan, but now it's like, it's, it really does always end up to, it's up to God if he's going to let these things happen or not. Cause man, I bet Job had a lot of plans in his life, <laughs> but you know, some things don't go the way that we think they're going to go sometimes. And that's just God for you. But I don't think God is completely unpredictable of a God too, especially when it comes to plans. And I think at the end, it's like, do we know his heart well enough to be able to understand this stuff? But he also says too, like, you know, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. So it's like, there's still a world. There's still an order to this world that is going on. And if you're just like thinking like, I'm going to do the impossible. Maybe he will see that and he'll acknowledge it. Maybe he won't and you'll get discouraged. But just to be trusting in him, when you trust in him, no matter what you what happens with your plans, I think this is the big message. No matter what happens with your plans, if you're trusting in God, you won't be disappointed pretty much. Yeah, if you're, in, if you're aligning it with him, if you love him, if you trust him, then you'll be stoked no matter what, even if it's suffering and yada yada. You'll be stoked. <laughs> I know it sucks to say that. It sucks to hear that, but or maybe it doesn't because you are so in the spirit that you're just like, yeah. It's kind of a complex suffering. thing. <laughs> because James, you want to deny yeah, yourself. Bring it on, your dude. Cross Let me rejoice. Whatever. Throw away all I, your plans and dreams yeah. and desires. But what if those things that are on your heart, those plans that you have are because God put them there? Because God put them on your heart because you're in the spirit. You have to have a balance. It's not just it's bad to have a plan. You want to have a plan. But on the extreme end, you don't want to have a plan where you follow it to a T. And now you're judging your life based on whether you're accomplishing your plans or not. In my opinion, the only thing besides God that is guaranteed is change. Things will change. And it's our responsibility, our um, like duty to be okay with change. Mm, okay with change yeah because i mean well if we get into the semantics of it everything's planned in a way like if it's premeditated you're making a plan if you're in your bed and you're like i really got to go to the bathroom right now you're going to be planning that you're getting out of bed and going to the bathroom you're like i gotta go to work tomorrow you're planning hmm should i fill gas hmm should i do this you're thinking about it you're preparing all this stuff and so it's not like it's not like having a goal is a negative thing because 
I mean, there's desires, there's things. God doesn't want us to just sit around and be stagnant and lazy because that's a sin. And so what I think, though, without that sounding super heretical, is like he wants us to be active for him, too, and all this stuff. And what I think goes into the next thing of like planning and everything is like there's such an important part of doing now. Like you have you have the plans for the temple. You got to build it. And you got like you have the desires, you have the calling. And now it's a goal that you've set up. And now you're like, wow, I can't wait to accomplish it. You have the dreams and you see the things. But now the branch between making visions reality is that you have to do this thing. And so even like Jonah, we see him and he's like, oh, God's like, hey, dude, go over to, the, to your Nineveh. He's like, no freaking way I'm doing that. And he planned to go in the complete opposite direction. But you see, even God, he's like, no, no, no. Takes him right back. And then he's like, okay, fine. And so that's like an example of like God's sovereign will and choice and him doing that. But there's things in our life where God has, given us free will if you believe that i believe that <laughs> there's other people who could disagree but it's like okay now you have now you have this choice but now and you can plan and do all this stuff but now you have this this part this this bridge between it called doing and so it's like are you going to work at what's going to happen are you going to are you going to invest your talents are you going to invest the things that God has given you so that they can come back double or they can, and and like when God comes back, he's like, good job. Or he's going to be like, what the heck did you do? Why did you bury all your, like, why did you bury everything and just like suppress everything? Like when I had put all these desires, when I put all these gifts on your heart for you to go and, and love people and do things. Cause that's the thing too, is like, whether we think like, if it's the most silliest thing, like to, to be a physical unit, like whether we think that's just for us or not, if we are in line with God, he can use it. Like, obviously we saw Joseph getting sold into slavery. God used it. If you want to deadlift like 400 pounds, maybe one day a car falls on top of somebody and you got to be there to lift them up just so that they can get out. Who knows? But you can't get there unless you haven't done the actual workouts in the gym. And so it's like, even if we think like something is like selfish for us, but we're like, hmm, God, like use this, use me. If we're open to that idea of like, oh, everything's God's and we work as if everything's for God, like he can use whatever. And we're actually stoked when he. Yeah, uses I that. agree. So the doing part thought, but the thing is of the plan to come to this place is just as important as the planning. You can set up all this good stuff, plan. all these blueprints, but if you don't have the work ethic the execution then it doesn't really matter for example um you know god can lead the israelites out of egypt and even though they made it to the other side of the reed sea they still gotta walk they still gotta do the work they still gotta follow god even though god through a pillar of fire is leading them through the desert they still have to follow and obey and that, yeah, that is an important aspect. Even in our own church, we're trying to build a new building. We have the blueprints. We have the plan. We're, we're working on getting the money. But at the end of the day, 
there's going to be a construction taking place. There's going to be building and laboring to put in the work to execute the plans. And, you know, you can't just expect God to carry thing, to carry everything for you. Like, sometimes he does, and that's miraculous. But other times he gives us the tools and the ability and the knowledge to carry out the plans that he has for us. It's a motivation podcast now. Put in the work. Who is going to carry the boats? <laughs> Who? <laughs> you gonna sit on your butt this whole time? Get up there and do something. Yeah, that leads me to one of my all-time favorite verses. Favorita. Let me find it. <laughs> it's in Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes 11. Now, basically all of Ecclesiastes makes me really stoked because I feel like, I don't know, it's straight for me in my head about this stuff. But if you look here, oh man, there's so much good goodness in this chapter. But verse 4, it says, oh, maybe I should start at 3. It says, if, if clouds are full of water, they pour rain on the earth. Whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls, there it will lie. Wow, logical. It says, whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. And if you read it in other translations, it's basically, well, this is my understanding. It's basically saying, like, if you, if you spend all your time so concerned about, oh, is it going to rain? Is it going to rain? then you're never going to plant and you're never going to reap. Meaning too, like if you're so concerned about like what's going to happen tomorrow, if you're so anxious about all these things and you, I mean, Jesus says it great where it's like, don't worry about what you wear. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Like if you're so focused and worried about like, Oh man, it's going to go wrong or this is going to be my roadblock. This is going to be my problem. Then you're never going to actually take the step to plant the seeds that you have. And so it's like, for me, this is really, it really speaks a lot about, and this, this whole, this chapter is called invest in many ventures. And so it really is about like investing, but this speaks to the fear of investing where it's like, if you think your investment isn't going to work, then you're never going to even invest in the first place. And then you still have done nothing. And so it's like, and even like the parable with the guy with the talents where it's like, he was scared that somebody was going to take the money or whatever. So he, or he was scared that the master was going to come back. So he just buried all his money underground and he just sat on it. It's like, dude, if you never put it into anything, you never know if you never really get to see, like, if it produces fruit. You never get to see if these things work out. And even this, you go later on in the chapter, it says, Verse 8 says, however many years anyone may live, let them enjoy them all. But let them remember the days of darkness, for there will be many. Everything to come is meaningless, which is crazy, too, because it's like, okay, so if I'm happy, if I'm sad, it's worthless. But then it says, you who are young, be happy while you are young, and let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. Follow the ways of your heart, and whatever your eyes see, 
But know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. So banish anxiety from your heart and cast off the troubles of your body. For youth and vigor are also meaningless. And I don't know, this this NIV version, I like it. But if you read it in other versions, it's very encouraging of just like, maybe encouraging isn't the word. It's It's very much like, hey, you can do these things, enjoy these things, love these things, but don't forget that God is still there and he's watching and he will bring judgment. And so it's like, like, oh, set your heart on the things above. And you know what? Like, it's interesting too. Because if you go to Matthew 6, when he's like, people who pray in the middle of the streets, like for other people to see them, Jesus says they get their reward. But what is their reward? A bunch of people thinking, oh, they look cool. They look awesome. But that's it. But if you do it in secret and you pray in secret and you give in secret, the Lord sees you and your treasures and your reward is in heaven. So it's like what reward matters more to you too, especially like when you're laying out goals, when you're laying out things like, again, where does your, where does your heart lie? Do you just want, like, is it just the pride thing that you want to accomplish things? Like are the 10,000 followers for Instagram just for, yourself to have the 10,000 followers or is it because you want to like bring joy to 10,000 people who follow like it doesn't have to be super deep but it's got to be we got to make it more than just ourselves and so it really comes down to like oh yeah that is where it lies and like like even the other instagram people like they're just fishing they're just fishing for more followers they're like ah, using god's name in vain even and so it's like it's like hmm do I want to make a joyful community and share memes and do whatever it is? Or do I just want to be popular and be the best and be the coolest? Like, and that goes back it's to the idea like, that we were talking it comes about to a dicey moment in earlier episodes. We're saying all these things. that so it's an interesting freedom in Christianity is kind of an illusion, a facade, a false veil. Because in that verse it says, we're either slaves to righteousness righteousness over slaves to sin and when you become a christian you're kind of giving up your rights to god you're giving up your way for his way your thoughts for his thoughts his plan or your plans for his plan and the more you realize how good god actually is you want more of who he is and more of his plans so you start to relinquish yourself and your rights and um, just everything, your whole life into his hands because you know it's good and it's way better than anything I can imagine. Way better than anything I can imagine. For example, everybody has a right to privacy, but when you're a Christian and you're struggling with addictions and trying to stay away from sin and staying off of for example, social media or websites. Something you want to do is to let people in, let people see what you're struggling with, whether that's at like AA groups or connect groups. And in some type of way, you're relinquishing your privacy to have something good from God, to have community, to have someone that can see all those dark areas areas to shine a light to shine you know 
those things like forgiveness and mercy, but a way to walk towards the light. A tip that I have when coming to my will versus God's will is that I pray. I pray that no matter what I do, that God, if it's not for me, if you don't want it for me, don't let me do it. Don't let it come into fruition. Don't let it take over and to succeed in my life. I want your plan and your your will and your way. That kind of reminds me of a quote from uh, George Janko. Really love that guy, uh, famous YouTuber, you know, Christian. Now, something that he says is, God, if it takes me one inch away from you, take it miles away from me. And that... It goes back to that idea of surrender, that anything that takes, takes me away from you, God, and that is not your plan, I don't want it. Surrender. Surrender. Now that's where we get, that seems to be that underlining Thing in a way is like, ooh, that is deep. That is deep because it does. It comes down to the first pocket. Are you willing to take up your cross? Bingo, bingo. Because honestly, like, you might have the most amazing plans and it's so cool, but they're amazing because why? It makes you feel good or glorifies you. But God, he's like, He's like, hey, you want eternal life, dude? Pick up your cross and follow me. And when you're following somebody, you're not the one making the plans. Except for that it's that your plan is to follow him. And so it's like, dude, he's taking all the first steps. He's guiding me. And now all I have to do is follow that. And so then it becomes really interesting how you live your life. Because is it a you focus? Or is it a Jesus focus? Are you the one taking the wheel? Or did you put Jesus in the driver's seat kind of thing? Which is an interesting thing too, because especially for my life, like when you were talking about if if it's not a if you don't want it an inch from me, taking miles away, God, I I got convicted a long time ago from something like that where it was like where I get, I don't know if it's the case every time or I don't know how it works, but there was a moment where God was like, dude, I don't want it near you, but for some reason you still do. And so it's like, it's like, it come, it goes back to the doing, but in a reverse where it's like, uh, God doesn't want it near me, but I'm the one that's holding it so close. And so what do you have to do? You have to surrender. You have to like, let go of the things that like, <laughs> or maybe God's like, I keep moving it miles away from you, but you keep sprinting towards it. Like you keep running back to the same sin or the same thing. And you're just like, Bring! and so then it, ha it has to be like, uh, what, what are you going to do now to follow God? Like you have the free choice, you have the free will. And you say you want God so bad, but your actions keep running towards what he keeps moving, taking away from you. So Ah, I mean, that's a hard one. Discipline, too, and everything. Jeez.
<laughs> so surrender your life to God. But what does that look like in a daily practical sense? Once again, there's kind of this duality to it. We're following God's plan and surrendering yourself to God. Sometimes that means not doing things. And sometimes it means doing things. For example, maybe following God's plan is not going to that party you want to go to or drinking that drink you want to really drink or saying those words you want to say or not or even more adult stuff like not taking that job you want or going on that trip you want to go on. And on the other end, maybe it's doing more things. Maybe it's going out into, into the community and helping people. Maybe it's going out and doing missionary work. Maybe it's going out and um, volunteering in the church. Maybe it's doing things like devotionals and reading your Bible more and praying more. Things that are actively, um, you're doing things actively. But it's really hard sometimes to decipher what to do or not when you're not in step with the Spirit. And that kind of makes me think of that verse of Paul that says, I do the things that I shouldn't do, and I don't do the things that I should do. And that Christians, we all struggle with this idea of what do I do, what do I not do. But we all have that guilt in our hearts when we make a bad decision, when we know we're not supposed to do that, but we do it anyway. Or we know we should uh, spend time with God, but we choose to do something else like watch Netflix. There's definitely like, and then to be in step with the spirit means you have that discernment too of like what's good, what's bad. Because if, you, if you're not in step with spirit, you don't even know. Like, is this bad for me? Is this taking me farther away from you, God? Or is it bringing me closer? You don't know. And so, <laughs> so if you are like, Keeping, if you're keeping up with God, if you're staying in step with spirit, this is a great way to end things. If you stay in step with God, a lot of things happen. One, your plans. Your heart is aligned with his plans. You desire what he desires. But two, you also see and are able to discern. You're able to tell, oh, maybe this is bad for me. I got to cut this out of my life. Or I got to do more of this. I got to do more of praying. or. I got to step out and encourage like he illuminates things for you. But that only comes from spending time with him from following him. You're like, oh, I got to go right because he went right. But if you're so far away from God that you don't see when he's turning or where he's turning, you're not going to know the directions. You're not going to know the path. You're not going to have the map because you are ignoring to look at it or you're so far away. So I would say strive to stay in step with the spirit, to keep in step with God, to Take the actions and the needs and whatever is necessary, whatever inclinations are on your heart to follow him more. And however you do that in your own personal life. And always just come back to him and, and trust him in that. And know that his plans are good for you. They're the best thing for you. So to end off on a recap, planning is not bad. But what you plan to and where you get the motivation and the desires from and where the pride is going, that matters to whether the planning is good or bad. You don't wanna 
not have plans, but you don't want to follow it too much to where you're basing your life off of your own plans or off of um, accomplishment and achievements. You need a balance. And you need to be in step with the spirit to be able to discern whether a plan is good or not or whether it's from God or whether when things um, you know, take a 90-degree angle, you're able to be in step with God and follow him even when it makes even when it doesn't make sense or it's scary like um changing jobs but i guess the number one thing is to know that god's plan god's plan god's plan is good and he cares about you so if you follow god's plan you have to have faith to trust in him and that's what we pray in your lives as we close out in prayer that God, I pray for the listener, for ourselves, that when we plan out things, when we're making our goal boards and our goals, and maybe we finish some of them and we don't, and our resolutions, that you would be in every thought and every process and in the preparation and through the doing, through the work next, God, that you'd be there in the process, that we don't just trust the process but we trust in you god i want to put i want to put that on the shirt but i just pray that all in your name in jesus name i pray amen on, on the, the why god, god podcast, podcast.